Welcome to episode 31 of Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. Uh, this week, I actually do have a co-host here uh, coming back, uh, guest host. I've got TFG1 Mike from the GeekCast Radio Network. Uh, we were supposed to have Eva coming back here as well, but she's having internet problems tonight, so we're going to just record without her. <laughs> How's it going, Mike? I would make a really, really lame cold joke, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. It, it's going. It's going. I'm in my full-on lazy mode where I don't want to do anything the rest of 2013. <laughs> oh, I, I know exactly how you feel. I've kind of gotten into that mode where... I'm looking at Christmas stuff and going, oh, God, how am I going to make it through to the end of the year? <laughs> but, yeah. uh, so on that note, we actually are going to be, since we're in Christmas season, we're going to be talking more about Christmas stuff this week. Uh, we are actually going to be talking about my, probably my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Uh, it is not, for some of the friends of mine who I know who are going to be listening out there, uh, Stephen Ring, if you're listening, it is not the greatest Christmas story of all time, because I know that in your mind, that's Die Hard. Don't ask on that. Uh, but what the... <laughs> Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. It is a movie oh. that takes place during Christmas time. And that is exactly why it's the greatest Christmas story of all time. <laughs> are you watching, not to derail or overtake your own show here, but are, are you watching The Blacklist at all? I, I need to. I, I have them recorded now, and mm -hmm. I have it on, on demand, but I just have not actually had a chance to sit down and watch it. I definitely need to. I've seen the pilot, and unfortunately fell asleep because I took some meds. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to go back and start watching it again because I okay, know it looks think, good. I think it's because they're, they're, as of this recording, they're just at their mid-first season break. They oh, just – they did 10 – and see, this is what I like – and I'm not to – take away from oh, go ahead. <laughs> show here, but this is what I like about the big networks is they're actually paying attention to what the way the cable networks market their stuff. Yes. So NBC is has put Blacklist on a mid-season break for the holidays. They've got 10 episodes. Episodes 9 and 10 are the final two for right now. Episode 9 uh, is a straight-up homage to, to Die Hard. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a two-parter, and it's got the lead female. Uh, this is the only spoiler I'll say, and it isn't really a spoiler to the plot of the episode, but it's got her where she was trapped in an elevator. <laughs> she had to willingly take off her shoes to escape the elevator by throwing the shoe at the ceiling, the push-out ceiling tile, and she ends up barefoot walking through <laughs> The black site. Oh God! Yeah, it was an awesome homage to Die Hard, and I was like, "Oh my God, that's so cool!" Oh, now now you're making me just have to go sit down and watch it again. I I know that there's uh, there I I know I've got it all on on demand, so I'll probably just end up picking it up and doing a movie marathon this weekend. So, uh, that and you still need to watch Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker. Yes, yes, I know. It's it, it's I've I've actually got it. iTunes had it, so I went and downloaded it. Yeah, and it's just a matter of finding the time. I was spent today rewatching a Christmas story and and Christmas vacation, uh, which will be next week's episode that we'll do. Uh, yeah. But you know, to kind of go back into what we're going to be covering, as I already mentioned, we're going to cover Christmas Story. Uh, this is a great, great film. I love this film. Uh, came out in 1983. Uh, it's an American comedy uh, film, Christmas film, uh, based upon short stories from. Uh, Gene Shepard. Uh, he's an author that he actually got his start writing these stories in Playboy, which I was kind of laughing about. Uh, well, everybody reads the articles. No one looks at the pictures. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was. He actually wrote this. Uh, he wrote a lot of this, and it's based upon his book, In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash, uh, which if you've ever seen the movie, it shows up right at the very beginning in the credits there. Uh, yeah. This film, I tell everybody, this is a holiday classic. Uh, I mean, how many times do they show it on TV? You know, I mean, they, they've got, I want to say TBS or TNT, one of the networks. I know TBS was carrying it for a while. I think TNT is doing it again this year, that they're running it a 24 hours of Christmas story. Uh, this, if you haven't seen it, 
any pretty much any time between Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, 8, 8 p.m. Christmas Eve to Christmas Day, 8 p.m., you're going to see a copy of it. So sit down and watch this thing. Uh, I don't know. this. I, I love the film just because it is so disjointed in some of the story. I mean, it, it's all about Ralphie wanting to get his Red Rider BB gun. Yeah, his, his ultimate Christmas present. I, before we go on with the plot here, Ted Turner has ruined this movie for me. Oh, oh, please explain. Tell me how he ruined it. I have, I know there, you know, we might find problems in the play. It has nothing to do with the actual movie itself. Okay. Ted Turner and the Turner Networks have ruined this movie for me because since I was 13 years old in 1993, I've been seeing a 24-hour Christmas story every year for the last 20 years. Oh, God. It's like I... I cannot I never I have the I have the two disc DVD that came out a couple of years ago or whenever it came out I forget I'm not looking at any information for the media releases but I have the two disc DVD if I want to watch the movie because I want to enjoy the movie I'm going to put the DVD in I will never watch this on television because I'm so sick of oh a 24 hour Christmas story <laughs> It's like that's all they know. It's like that's the only Christmas movie that TBS or TNT has the rights to. <laughs> well, so they overkill you with it for 24 friggin' hours. I understand it. It's it's the spirit of the thing. It's so people can see it. It's People don't always turn their TV on at a certain time on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. I get it. I get the marketing ploy. But I've been seeing this thing 24 hours for the last 20 Christmases of my life. I know. And, and unfortunately, I think that they need to move on to another movie. You know, <laughs> maybe do 12 hours of a Christmas story and 12 hours of something else. Just please, God, don't let it be any of the turnerized, you know, the, the colorized Turner versions that he's done of things like White Christmas or, you know, any of the others that were horrible that he did back in the late 80s. Okay, now that my rant's over, I do really, really enjoy this film. <laughs> it's nothing to do with, nothing to do with the film itself. It's just the over-marketing, the over-saturation. Yeah. Oh, no, and, and I get it because I know somebody else uh, who actually has the same reason for hating the film. Uh, she actually just goes, oh, my God, I can't stand it because it keeps playing over and over and over again. <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> uh, so let's kind of jump into the plot. Basically, if you haven't seen the story, here's what happens is that it starts off. We have Ralphie Parker. Uh, Ralphie's this little kid who all he wants for Christmas is one specific thing. Uh, let me go ahead and I'm going to pull up a quote for this because this is I want to make sure I get this exactly right for it. <laughs> I, he wants an official Red Rider carbine action, 200-shot range model air rifle. Mm -hmm. And what he'd really like is the one with the compass in the stock and the thing that tells time. Mm -hmm. But that if he doesn't get it, that's fine because he still wants the Red Rider uh, BB gun. Now, mm -hmm. I have to say that this I, – I looked at Ralphie on this and I felt, I felt exactly how he did because uh, I, I have always wanted a BB gun. I never got one. Until last year, my wife and my dad actually saw this, and they they knew how much I liked this movie. They were at Walmart, and they saw an official Red Rider BB gun. <laughs> so last year, they got me a BB gun for Christmas. So I understand how Ralphie feels with this. <laughs> uh, but what it is is that he wants this BB gun, and it, it's this whole thing that he's just like – he wants it, but all he can – all he keeps hearing from his parents, from – all these adults is you'll shoot your eye out. And I kind of like that because, I mean, you see in certain spots, you see he runs up with his mom at the very beginning and he tells his mom just completely out of the blue. His mom says, Ralphie, what would you like for Christmas? And he rattles off the Red Rider BB gun and his mom immediately turns to him and goes, no, you'll shoot your eye out. And he's like, oh, you know, uh, we have that. We have he goes. And his teacher asks him to write up a uh, composition, like what you want for Christmas. And he puts in that he wants the Red Rider BB gun, gets a C plus on that. And his teacher says the same thing. You'll shoot your eye out. You know, he goes to see Santa and he figures, well, everybody else has shot me down. I'm going to go see Santa. And we're going to have this great thing. And Santa's going to say, you know, great, I'll bring you a BB gun. And he sees Santa and Santa says, no, kid, you'll shoot your eye out. Sticks his boot in his face and pushes him down the slide. Uh, 
But I mean, there's there's so many things about this film. I mean, we have so much. I know I'm jumping around here in a little bit of the plot, and that we have because the way that this movie really is, it's kind of a bunch of different stories that are kind of pieced together. Uh, we have things like the Ovaltine and Little Orphan Annie that kind of shows up as one little side story. We have Scut Farkas and Grover Dill that are the bullies. Uh, we have uh, Flick getting his tongue stuck to the light pole outside or the flagpole. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so many things that come up in this in the story. Uh, we have we also have oh my god! Before I forget, the leg lamp because leg lamp is very important. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to before you even got to it. I've been trying to search Google. You are failing me. On the okay, there was. Because I, I, I'm on Wikipedia now looking at the, the media releases, and there were two different – there was a 2003 release and a 2008 release. 2008 release basically had the 2003 stuff on there, but it's also in memorabilia yeah. type of stuff. The DVD 2003 20th Anniversary 2-Disc Special Edition – uh, cast interviews, audio commentary, and featurettes. One of the featurettes is all about the leg lamp, and there is an actual leg lamp company that you yes. can call these people up and order whatever kind of leg lamp you want. Well, there, there's a funny story behind that because the guy who runs this, it's called the Red Rider Leg Lamp Company. Mm-hmm. He is a he's an entrepreneur out of San Diego here. He actually used to work at UCSD. Uh, and he actually took funds that he got from from the uh, leg lamp sales that he was making, and he heard that on eBay, I want to say it was like 2006 or something. Uh, let me see if I can find it here in my trivia. Um, oh, 2004, excuse me. In 2004, the Christmas Story house where all they did was the exterior scenes, mm-hmm. they put it up for sale on eBay for $150,000. And the guy took the money that he made from making the leg lamps to go and buy the house, and he's turned it into a Christmas story museum. Yeah. So I always thought that was kind of neat. And here, you know, here's my little San Diego ties. I kind of go, hey, I, I, you know, I live in the same town that this guy came from. <laughs> but yeah, he he took that and he makes these leg lamps, and he he basically sells them. You walk around San Diego here; uh, they have WalMarts and Walgreens that are selling desk versions of the leg lamp for 35 bucks. You know, you want a full size one, just like out of straight out of the movie, you can buy it, but it's like 150 bucks. Yeah. And I just, I, you know, I can't put forth that money towards that. (laughs) (laughs) Would love to have one. Told my wife, I says, I would love to have the glow of electric sex in the front living room window for Christmas. And she's like, yeah, not going to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Are you nuts? But I mean, that whole thing is that, that whole leg lamp was just hilarious because it was, it was the first time that, you know, Ralphie and his brother actually see kind of, you know, sex in a sense, you know, sex appeal and see this. Mm-hmm. And it was a major award that was won by his dad, for, <laughs> which I think I want to say that, that came about because he entered this contest uh, to be, you know, could have won $50,000 or $500,000 or whatever it was uh, for a radio contest by knowing the horse, his rate, the red, the excuse me, not the Red Ranger, the Lone Ranger's nephew's horse, which name mm-hmm. was Victor. Uh, and he used that, and he won. He won the box that had the leg lamp in it, which I love that scene. You see them coming in; they bring this huge ass box in. Now the thing looks like it's the size of a coffin. Yeah, it kind of is, you know. <laughs> and they walk in with this thing, and they're like, "What's in it? I don't know." You know, and he looks at it, and on the outside of the box, he sees it, and he, he sees the word fragile, and he says, fragile. Must be Italian. <laughs> <laughs> so he pops over the box. He's throwing all the stuff that's inside. He finally finds it. He's like, oh, well, it's 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 a lamp. <laughs> it's beautiful. Why'd you turn the lamp off? <laughs> <laughs> trying to save on electricity. <laughs> trying to save on electricity, Yeah. I don't know. I just, I love that. You know, I love the school bully. Uh, when we have, we see, Farkas. yeah, Scott Farkas and Grover Dill. Uh, they're just these two little, just nasty kids. And I found out uh, Scott Farkas was actually played by Zach Ward, who I'll get to in a few minutes. Uh, Zach actually had quite a bit of background behind him for doing things like uh, some. I want to say he did some voiceovers for video games, as, uh, but uh, he was also on Titus. And mm-hmm. 
Sorry, I'm going off on this tangent here. Should be going back for the cast. But anyway, uh, Scott Farkas, we see Ralphie. He he men, he keeps getting beat up and chased by the bullies. And at one point, we actually do see him kind of just go off after he'd been shot down by the – after he'd been shot down by his teacher for getting the C plus and, you know, you'll shoot your eye out and he's disappointed. He's leaving school. Scott Farkas hits him in the face with a snowball, knocks his glasses off. And Ralphie snaps. Yeah. You know, and that was probably the best scene I think I've, I've seen for dealing with bullies. And he just snaps and like goes full off and he starts beating on him. Grover Dill's there trying to pull him off. Hey kid, kid. Hey. And he's just going off and he's, he's swearing up a storm. You know, his mom comes to pull him off the kid and he starts crying. You know, I, I thought that was great. Now, caveat to this that I should have mentioned beforehand. I know I'm all over the place tonight, but before this, when they go to get the Christmas tree for the house, <laughs> oh, probably one of the best ways I've seen effective swearing in a movie. <laughs> uh, Ralphie's dad, the old man, gets a flat tire on the car. He pulls over and he starts to change it. And as he's changing the tire, his mom says to Ralphie, Ralphie, why don't you go out and help your dad? Pops off the lug nuts and he's holding lug nuts in a pan. And his dad goes to get something, bumps the plate, and all the lug nuts go flying off into the air. And you see in slow motion, the whole thing goes through, and you see Ralphie sitting there, and he's holding the pan, and he goes, Oh, fudge. <laughs> and he says, Oh, but it wasn't fudge that I said. It was the <laughs> F dash dash dash. <laughs> 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 I just I, that was like classic, and then of course they come back in. Do you know what your son just said? No, what did he say? He said, and then you see a bunch of whispering going on, and you don't yeah. hear anything. And ah, ah, oh my god, Ralphie! You know, next thing you see, you see him with bar of soap in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. Nineteen eighty three is a Christmas story. This ain't no. You yelled at us. We're sending you to the attic, kid. For the night, and maybe maybe Fuller will join you in the yeah. <laughs> you know uh, the this movie. It really surprises me what they're able to do because this is a period piece. I mean, yes. this is eighty three, made in eighty three, but it's based in like what the fifties. I want to say like or, late late forties, early fifties. Yeah, because of the style of everything. It was it was like right around when Wizard of Oz came out because they make a big deal about. Wizard of Oz being in the show. Well, which, that was nine. Wasn't that thirty nine? Might have I could, been. I could be wrong. I probably am. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it always amazes me when film companies can do period pieces like this because it it amazes me because of the fact that they always have something in there that can relate to today's, I mean, even in 1983, yes, it was 1939, the the Judy Garland film. Um, You know, there's always something in there that reminds me of something today or is relatable to today. And Christmas stories, you know, no exception. I mean, everybody wants that ultimate present and half the time, you know, you're not going to get it. Yeah. Even if it isn't, even, even if it isn't a gun, you know, um, but yeah, no, the, this movie has so many good things about it. Oh, I mean, you know, just seeing this, the getting down with Ralphie and he, he's searching for that, the Ovaltine, uh, little orphan Annie secret Dakota ring. That was classic. Yeah. You know? And that's another sign that kind of gets back to the period pieces is that Ralphie growing up was listening to the radio because television wasn't invented yet. Yeah. And you see him sitting there and he's kind of like, Oh, and he's he's going through and he's listening to all the things that are going on with Little Orphan Annie. He gets the secret decoder ring and he starts decoding the secret message that only people from the from Little Orphan Annie Club can can find out what's going on. And what does he find out there? Oh, be sure to drink your at your Ovaltine. It's a crummy ad, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, just one of those. It was one of those things that just classic, you know, and. I I laugh about this. Just little things throughout this film. They're more so, not so much the story itself. I mean, the story is great on this, just how it's joined together, but more so just the quotes from the movie. 
There's so many out there. And, you know, I think anybody who's seen this movie just starts picking it up. I know my mom has quoted back to me numerous times. She's only seen the movie like three times, I think. But she quotes back to me, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. (laughs) I hear that from her all the time. Or, you know, I triple dog dare you. That's another good one for when they're uh, sticking the tongue to the light pole or the flagpole. Oh, yeah. You know, there's just so much. Uh, you know, the, I know we. I do want to get back. There, There's two other things that did come up here towards the end when they get to Christmas Day. Ralphie's opening presents. And one of my favorite scenes in the film is when he opens his present from his aunt. <laughs> and he opens it up and, you know, his mom's like, well, what is it? Show us, show us, Ralphie. No, I don't want to. Go put it on. Go put it on. No, go put it on. And he comes down the stairs and he's dressed up like a pink bunny. And just, I laughed so hard when I saw that. It's every kid's nightmare. Oh, and that's exactly what his dad says. Takes one look. He looks like a pink nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just absolutely horrible. It's, you know, and Ralphie, you know, Gene Shepard as Ralphie is an adult. He actually says, you know, my aunt seemed to live under the impression that I was, you know, nine years old and a girl. You know, it's just absolutely horrible going through that. Uh, but they go through all this. Ralphie does finally find out that he has a BB gun. His dad hands him this package and says, hey, I think Santa dropped a package over there behind the, behind the desk. And so Ralphie pulls it out, sees that it's the Red Rider BB gun, goes outside, fires it off at a, a metal-backed target. And, of course, the shot ricochets, hits him in the cheek, knocks his glasses off. He steps on his glasses and breaks them, and then blames it all on an icicle that fell on his face, <laughs> which... I just I saw that and I laughed and I'm kind of like really really, and of course he does the whole thing as he's as he's crying to his mom. You see him and then he breaks the fourth wall for just a second, turns to the camera, and you know he does this whole oh my god she bought it look on his face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know just absolutely classic. Uh, that and then we have the last thing here that comes up that sticks in my mind is. The Christmas turkey. Now, I I am a fanatic when it comes to turkey. I, I have lived through this. My wife knows it. My mom knows it. And ever since they saw this movie, they, they totally get. I am like Ralphie's old man. There's a turkey. I'm trying to cut a piece off of it and have just a little sliver here as the turkey's getting ready to go sit down on the table for Thanksgiving, Christmas time. You know, my mom was always like, oh, let's have ham or let's do, you know, let's do something else. No, turkey, <laughs> you know. And I, they're finally starting to get to the idea, but it comes down to his dad loves turkey and the Bumpus's dogs, who are the next door, just out of control dogs that are all throughout the neighborhood, break in, eat that entire turkey and just trash it. And so, of course, they end up going to a Chinese restaurant, which since then I've noticed it seems to be a staple for for uh, I've heard that it's Jewish people end up going to uh, Chinese restaurants because they're open on Christmas, so they have something to go eat, which I always thought was kind of funny. But, you know, hey, they end up going there, and they have a goose. And the goose, they take one look at the goose, and, you know, Darren McGavin looks at it, and he goes, it's, you know, all the Chinese people are looking around like, what's what's wrong with this? Oh, uh, well, you know, it's, it's, well, it's smiling. And he just takes this big butcher knife and goes, whack! (laughs) Cuts the head clean off. (laughs) It's just, you know... And of course, you you see them, and they're all like the the looks on the faces, you know, of Ralphie's mom's face. It looked like she was trying to be horrified, but you could see. I, I totally thought that she was breaking character and just laughing hysterically over this because the look on her face was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, I'm supposed to be crying, but I can't because this is just too damn funny." <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the other major scene we kind of passed over is. Another thing that happened to me as a kid, and I, I don't know if this happened to you, but parents putting little children in snowsuits that they can't friggin' walk yes. in. <laughs> Poor Randy. I can't put my arms down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't put my arms down. 
I, I, yes, I completely forgot about that. Not that I wanted to. It's just one of those things that's like, there's yeah. so much in this film that's and, memorable. And then dad, you know, you're talking about the inventive way that Ralphie cursed the dad yes. and the mumbling. And that comes back because, you know, parents have an impression on kids. And when Ralphie is beating the hell out of Scott, it's like, it's like or something like that. I'm just like, I was laughing so hard because he's not really swearing. He's just a bunch of words run together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, this this movie was just so great, but I, I do want to kind of get into the cast a little bit. Uh, I know I kind of should have touched on this a little bit, but we'll dive into it now. Uh, we do have actually quite a few people on this that were big names. Uh, Peter Billingsley, uh, mainly a child actor. We saw a lot of him. Uh, he did things like the Dirt Bike Kid. Uh, he's not really been a whole lot of an actor. He actually has stepped behind the camera a lot more, and he's directing I know that there was a lot of people who said, oh, you know, Ralphie's dead. Ralphie's dead. And they were saying that he was he'd gotten killed off and, you know, Internet hoaxes being what they were. Peter Billingsley's still alive. He's just doing a lot of executive production and writing. Uh, and the he, guy isn't even that old. Uh, no. He was. I'm sorry for the keys, but. Oh, no. He's only 42. He's. Yes. He's like. He's like. He's like. Like. Nine years older than I am. I'm yeah. 33. You know, I, God. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, people just hear these stupid hoaxes, and it's like, you know. But Peter Billingsley is still alive. He actually, if you guys want to go back and see a film that he was in recently, which you'll kind of you'll kind of go, really? That was Peter Billingsley. Uh, he actually showed up in Iron Man. Uh, there's a scene where uh, Jedediah Stane is talking to this scientist, and he says, you know, just build it. He goes, I need a power supply for this suit. And he goes, well, you know, I don't have a, a power supply. I can't miniaturize it. And he goes, look, you know, he's talking to the scientist and he says, look, Tony Stark did it. He made this miniaturized version in a cave with, you know, scrap metal. Build one for me. Well, the guy that Jedediah Stane is talking to, that's Peter Billingsley's character. So I was kind of surprised to see him show up again. He also was working with um, John Favreau as an executive producer for the Iron Man film. Yeah. So kind of nice to see that. Uh, we do have the voice of Ralphie, who is uh, Gene Shepard, the actual author of the uh, Christmas story. You know, in God we trust, all others pay cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Ian Petrella, who played as Randy Parker, uh, Darren McGavin, who I I kind of grew up watching Darren McGavin. My parents used to watch uh, Kolchak the night. The Night Hunter or Night Stalker, mm-hmm. and my grandmother loved that. They would run it. I wanted to say like on U, uh, USA or something like that way back when, and my grandmother would sit there and watch these episodes. And she was like, "You have to sit there and watch this." Okay, Grandma. You know, uh, we also have Melinda Dillon uh, who played as Mrs. Parker. Uh, unfortunately, my mind is going blank here as so I'm trying to remember some of the stuff that she did here. Uh, Scott Schwartz who played as Flick. Uh, Scott Schwartz has been doing a whole lot of adult-type films lately, which I'm kind of surprised by. Uh, Melinda was a guest star on Law & Order Special Victims Unit in 2005 in the episode entitled Blood. Uh, she appeared in Paul Thomas Anderson's film Magnolia in 99. Okay. Uh, Lithgow and Bigfoot comedy Harry. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, she was. Uh, I want to say she was the mom in Harry and the Andersons. Yeah, probably. Uh, so she's done a lot of stuff. Um, I kind of sworn I heard a, an interview with, um, what's his name? Uh, Zach Ward somewhere. I forget where it was. Well, I know he played as Christopher Titus's younger brother on the TV right. series Titus. Uh, and he's no, done I, a bunch I, of I other things. I might have been too. Nerdist or something or other. I forget. I could have sworn a couple of years ago I might have heard an interview with him. Um, but I forget where it was. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's driving me nuts because I know I've had a bunch of stuff with him in it, and it's just like, where have I seen him? You know, but yeah, he, you know, you have him, you have uh, Yano Anaya who played as Grover Dill, Teddy Moore's as Mrs. Shields. Uh, a lot of people that ran through this cast. Uh, yeah. You know, 
I do want to stop real quick and just kind of touch on doing my Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game. Oh, Lord, here we go. I know, I know. I'm going to let you pick any one of the actors here from this thing, and I'll run through and link them to Kevin Bacon in less than six steps. I guarantee I can do it. (laughs) Peter Billingsley. (laughs) Okay, okay. I'll do Peter Billingsley to – we'll go to Melinda Dillon uh, in A Christmas Story. And then Melinda Dillon was with Tom Cruise in Magnolia. Tom Cruise was with Kevin Bacon in A Few Good Men. Done. (laughs) I know I cheated a little bit. That's pretty easy, but – yeah. You know, there, there's other stuff I could have linked with with Peter Billingsley, and it's just, you know, I could have gone with him and Jeff Bridges in Iron Man and – or, jeez, uh, Jeff Bridges has been in so much stuff. Off the top of my head, I'm trying to think. I, you know, obviously I know Tron, uh, <laughs> Tron Legacy. You know, this is horrible. Uh, True Grit. I can't think off the top of my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, I do want to kind of move into some of our trivia here. I actually have quite a bit here. Uh, with regards to the Red Rider BB gun, I did mention that I actually have a copy of it. The Red Rider BB gun was available beginning in 1938, still remains available today, but it's never actually been made in the exact configuration that Ralphie sees in the store window of Higby's. Uh, well, that's because they want to keep the... The myth of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they did have something that was kind of close to it. Daisy did make a Buck Jones model that had a compass and a sundial in the stock, but the features weren't actually in the Red Rider model that was offered. Right. Uh, And the compass and the sundial that were placed on Ralphie's BB gun were on the opposite side of the stock uh, due to Peter Billingsley being left-handed. So it was kind of one of these little things, little trivia things there that they put in. Uh I know that uh, with Bob Clark, he did mention in the uh, commentary on the 2003 DVD uh, that he worked with Gene Shepard for over 10 years to try and get this movie made. Uh, They were kind of just throwing around the idea, the concept of Christmas Story, and trying to knock it all out and say, this is what we want and this is how we're going to present it, which honestly, I don't think this film could have been presented any other way. It just wouldn't have had the same appeal if if they'd done it any other way, I think. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Uh, oh, one thing I did find out here, this was the inspiration for The Wonder Years, which I found kind of funny because the voice of uh, the voice of Fred Savage's character in The Wonder Years was voiced by Daniel Stern. Mm-hmm. And in the horrible, horrible sequel that they did of A Christmas Story 2, just to kind of tell you, it's not one you should see. Daniel Stern plays Ralphie's dad. He comes back as the old man. Just, oh my. Yeah, so there's a little tie there. Don't don't waste your time. I, I sat and watched it and was like, wow, that's two hours of my life. I'll never get back. That's not the worst two hours you've sat through. Well, <laughs> it no. might be the worst two hours, but it's not the worst five minutes you've sat through. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I tried that to sit down and watch. episode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one thing that was I did find kind of funny was that Bob Clark had originally said that Jack Nicholson was given the script, and he was actually interested in the role of Ralphie's dad, the old man. Uh, Clark didn't that would be actually too creepy. Yeah, it would have the same. <laughs> and this was before he was. This was before he was even the Joker. But Nicholson, anything he's done, okay, outside of like a few good men or outside of the comedies he's done, but any kind of like serious type of because let's face it. His dad, Ralphie's dad, is a pretty serious guy. Yeah, I mean, it it t- it took a lot for him to kind of unwind in this film. And anything after One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, news. No, Jack is too. Yeah, you know, all I'm thinking of when I when I see this, when I think of Jack Nicholson playing the role of the old man, is I'm immediately flashing to uh, The Shining, where he's busting his head through the door and going, "Here's Johnny." Yeah. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. You know, just no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Uh, let me see here. Uh, 
Yeah, but it, he didn't actually do the film because obviously it would have doubled the film's budget. Clark said, he goes, you know what, Darren McGavin, much better choice for this one. And I, I think that that was perfect for it. Uh, now, What's funny about this movie and something that came way later is Darren McGavin, uh, he's not actually connected to this, but <laughs> I'm not a fan of this show, but I've seen it several times. I know what it is, and I, I like the dad in it, but um, Ralphie's dad and Red Foreman – are pretty much the same guy. Oh my god, yes they are. Straight out of the, that 70s show. <laughs> that 70s show, yeah. Um, but yeah. You know, it's just, it, Red Red Foreman tends to swear a little bit more, you know, he's a yeah. dumbass. <laughs> you know, but yeah, you, you're dead on with that. <laughs> uh, let me see here. Oh, uh, the film that it actually was released just before Thanksgiving when it came out, huge hit. And then by the time Christmas had rolled around, movies were the movie was already starting to be pulled from theaters. And the movie patrons were actually saying, hey, we want to see Christmas Story again. So they actually had to bring the film back out. Uh, all these complaints were lodged to the theater owners, uh, to the movie studio. And the film basically played on select screens until after the first of the year of 1984. So I was kind of surprised to see that. I was like, wow, apparently there's such a huge following of this film when it first came out that people were just going gaga over it. Uh, another thing that I saw here, uh, Scott Farkas, when he first appears, they have the Peter and the Wolf music playing. Uh, and the name Farkas was actually derived from the Hungarian word for wolf. So a little bit of trivia there. Scott Farkas actually is Scott Wolf. <laughs> uh, still there? Yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry. Just uh, when all of a sudden I heard total silence, and I thought, oh, no, I lost you. No. Uh, also, when we see uh, Flick getting his tongue stuck to the flagpole, uh, they actually had to use a suction tube uh, that was kind of out of the way of the camera there. They put it inside to give the illusion that his tongue was actually stuck to the metal. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking, you know, you mentioned earlier about a Christmas story too, mm-hmm. uh, from 2012. Did you know about my summer story? Yes, with uh, <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, uh, it's the guy uh, from well, Beethoven. I'm drawing complete blank on the name. Uh, Charles Grodin. Thank you. Yeah, that that was actually kind of supposed to be the unofficial sequel, and it actually. I actually did get a chance to see it once, and I, I kept thinking, wow, this is a lot like A Christmas Story. With the exception of Miss Shields and Gene Shepard as the narrator voice of the adult Ralphie, it features an entirely different cast. Yes. <laughs> uh, a series of television movies involving the Parker family, also from Shepard's stories, were made by PBS, including Ollie Hump, Hop Noodles, Haven of Bliss in 88, uh, Star-crossed romance of Josephine and Kowalski in '83. I Very knew much. I had seen some of this, some of the story before. Now, now that you're mentioning PBS, <laughs> uh, because I remember sitting down with my dad and he was watching PBS like right after Christmas Story had come out, and they're talking about they're talking about basically the leg lamp and his dad getting like industrial glue, uh, you know, stuff that metal workers would use to glue stuff together and gluing the <laughs> lamp back together, and then finally having it break apart. And so hearing that, I'm like, oh, my God, now I know where that's coming from. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I'm, I'm one of those people, if I see a movie as good as this film and as good as what we'll talk about next week, there should never be. Like, sure, if the guy wants to go do other stories with the characters that aren't direct sequels to this, but like – a Christmas Story should never have something that says A Christmas Story 2, A Christmas Story 3. Yeah. Christmas Vacation should never have anything that says A Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Adventure. Yes. <laughs> I know that, you know, kind of getting off on a little bit of a tangent here, I know that they were talking about doing a sequel to the original Vacation, uh, which – I would be okay with from what the story I'd heard was, and, and I'll kind of discuss that more next week. It, for you know, for what it was, for how they were wanting to do it, I think it would be okay. Uh, but getting back to Christmas story here, uh, I have to laugh at this here because they really said, you know, knowing that this this movie now we know 
was such a huge hit. They actually took this film uh, to a lot of studios. They were shopping it around, and the major studios were saying, you know what, we're really not interested in having a Christmas story, a Depression-era story about a little kid who wants a BB gun. I mean, come on, that's violent. You know, kids are going to shoot their eyes out after seeing this. And what actually happened was that Bob Clark, he agreed to do a horror film uh, for MGM in order to get a Christmas story made. And, you know, after seeing this, now I'm kind of like, thank you, Bob. Thank you, thank you, thank you for agreeing to do that. <laughs> uh, now, I have to say, I do have a few quotes from this film that I love. Obviously, I've mentioned some of them, the O-Fudge, uh, the official Red Rider Carbine Action 200-shot range model air rifle. Have you got anything that you love on this one? Um... The I triple dog dare you line always like I use that all the time to anybody. Oh. Like when somebody has like the worst idea ever, but it's so awesome because it is the worst idea ever. It's like something they would never ever normally do. Like okay, when I um when I was still collecting toys a couple of years ago, I had a whole downward spiral with a certain toy company that makes um loincloth toys with swords and castles and skeletors and all that crap. Yeah. And uh, uh, I said to Steve Megatron, the co-creator of Geekcaster Network, I said, you should really make an image that says maddiecollector.com black hole and put a whole bunch of stuff on the image that could just get sucked into a black hole. He's like, yeah, that would be awesome, but there's no way in hell I could do it. I'm like, I triple dog dare you. And he did it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Oh, um, you know, that, that really is such a where, classic line. You know, just where, where he made um, a Michael Bay image with a spear and a wallet called Shoot for the Wallet. <laughs> <laughs> because it's based on Transformers and consistently, yeah, bad live action films. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, overall, this, again... I, I'm one of those people that if you force me into doing something, if I am forced to watch something or if I am, you know, if there's nothing else on and I have to watch TNT or TBS on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, that's the only way I will ever watch this movie unwillingly. Yeah. Willingly, I will pop the D. This is a couple of times I've popped the DVD in, in July and I'm not joking. Yes. <laughs> um. But it is one of the ones that I do at least watch once a year. And oh, it's, yeah. For me, it's one of those things where Christmas, because of all the commercialization now, Christmas to me is December 1st to December 26th. That's it. I'll put the tree up December 1st. I'll take it down the day after Christmas. Yeah. That's it. Between those 20-some-odd days... I watch all the Christmas movies I need to watch, you know, Christmas Vacation, Jack Frost, Christmas Story, um, Die Hard 2. Since technically that's a yeah. Christmas story too, you know. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. You know, it, I, I do the same thing. You know, I, I, I have to say that once December starts, my TV pretty much it's stuck on ABC Family. And my mm -hmm. wife and I are watching all the films there, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I've seen Scrooge like four times this year. Despite the fact that I already covered it on the podcast, uh, well, see, for me, I, and this is so funny, and and I, I don't mind admitting this. I can admit to when I like something, but lately I've been watching a lot of Hallmark Channel Christmas movies. Oh. But they have good movies. They have um, last is it last year? Is it either last year or twenty eleven? They did one with um, Hillary Burton uh, called Naughty or Nice. Uh, there was a couple this year, one called A Very Merry Mix-Up, uh, starring uh, Alicia Holt. Uh, most people might know her from uh, Covers and Stuff magazine and, and Maxim and all that, but most people might know her on TV as uh, one of the detectives in Law and Order Criminal Intent. Um, so they did that. And, you know, there's just so many different, you know, you take stuff like, you know, you mentioned ABC Family. Uh, Melissa Joan Hart and Mario Lopez and Holiday in Handcuffs. Or... Yes, I, and I saw that and I actually thought that was pretty good. I was surprised at how how well that they worked together with that. Yeah. The other one you should watch is uh, 12 Dates of Christmas. I think I might have seen that last year. My wife was watching it. Uh, 
I know that one's been on ABC Family, and I want to say that that's been on Hallmark yeah. Channel as well, but I could be wrong. No, it's on. Um, it's on ABC. It, it's 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 an ABC Family original. It's uh, Amy Smart and Mark Paul Gosselaar. So okay, yeah, actually, I have seen it now that you've mentioned it. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cute, and it's kind of surprising as to seeing you know Zach Morris and you know <laughs> the blonde chick from Crank getting together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. You know, just I, I, you know, I still want to emphasize to anybody who hasn't seen this film, at least once, dedicate some time to sit down and watch it. It's just such a good film. I haven't seen anybody who didn't like it. I remember the first time I saw, I, I had my mom watch this film. We were on a trip to Mammoth Mountain, and my dad and I were going to go skiing that day, and we looked up at the mountain, and it was snowing. They they dropped six foot of snow on the top of the mountain there. And both of us are going, you know what, it's, you know, it's 10 below outside. Screw it, we're staying in the cabin today. And I had my DVD player. I had a Christmas story, and I sat my mom down. I says, you're going to watch this. <laughs> and we spent the day watching a Christmas story, and my mom was like, this is going to be stupid. Why am I watching this? Because this, this is in, like, February, March. And she goes, why are we watching this film here? Mom, just sit down and watch it. You're going to understand. And after that, she's like, oh, my God. And And – Every time they come up with, you'll shoot your eye out, she's saying right along with the film. She knew exactly what the line was going to be, just laughing along with it. And she's like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. Yes, Mom, now you understand why I had to have you watch this film. And, you know, even now, she still – she'll sit down at least once a year and watch it as well, you know, on, on TNT or whatever channel is running it. Mm. So, you know, and it's one of those things that we turn it on we sit down. I try to sit down on thing, you know, on Christmas Day, and we turn on a channel, and either we'll have like you know the Yule log channel where it just shows the Yule log burning, but <laughs> more and more, my mom has been like, "Wait, what channel has a Christmas story?" <laughs> you know what the Turner Networks need to do? Instead of, I, I think I wouldn't be so anti a Christmas story watching it on television on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, if TNT and TBS split it. Where Christmas Eve for twelve hours it's on one network, and then Christmas Day it's on the other. <laughs> there we go. Let's write to Ted Turner. Tell him, hey, this yeah, is what exactly. you need to do. <laughs> exactly. It, it might actually work. He might listen to us. <laughs> uh, well, I think that pretty much is all I have here. I know it's going to be kind of a shorter episode this week, uh, but you know, we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up this episode of talking about my generation. Uh, please. Do feel free to leave us feedback on iTunes. We actually had a really nice one uh, from a guy named Will who left us information and said that it was a great pop culture podcast and pop culture references throwback. Uh, you can also send us a tweet. I am at S-P-R-Z-O-U-T. Uh, you can visit us at uh, visit us on Facebook at Talking About My Generation or go to our webpage at MyGenerationPodcast.com. And Mike, I know that you have GeekCast Radio Network, so feel free to plug away here. Oh boy! All right. Well, you can reach me on Twitter mainly. It's at tf and Mike. Uh, you can follow also at Geekcast Radio, or you can search us out on Facebook, uh, the Geekcast Radio Network. Go to geekcastradio.com. We just, as of this recording, finished our top 100 animated films countdown. So there's that. I am currently going through and working on my comic review slash discussion podcast. We've got a whole bunch of new stuff coming up for the pullback in year two. Uh, we've got uh, Pixels in the Animation, which is our video game cartoon review show. We've already wrapped up Super Mario Brothers Super Show and Legend of Zelda. Next we've got coming up is Captain N Reviews. Ooh, I'm going to have to listen to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we've got a whole bunch of stuff going on over there. We do comic written reviews. I do a bunch of those. Uh, Movie Revolt Dan does a lot of movie written reviews for current movies. You can check out MWire Weekly. Uh, we've M Movie We Can Review, which is our main film podcast. Uh, we've kind of taken a little bit of a different direction now where we combine a news show with a movie review in the middle of the news show. Uh, so that might appeal to people. You can also check out our actual video game podcast, which is Off the Cuff. Uh, Michael Powers, Art Danner, Sean Z, and Joe Reed do that over there, talking about current and retro gaming. 
Uh, we've just got a whole lot of content that people can go over to check out at geekcastradio.com. All right. Well, I do want to thank you for joining in here. Uh, for this episode, we're going to go ahead and finish off here. Uh, I have from the – I want to say it's from the very beginning here where Ralphie is standing at the store window at Higby's looking in, and we hear uh, Bing Crosby and the Andrews sisters singing Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I'm going to tack that on at the end here. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Why? Santa Claus is coming to town, gather round. He's making a list, checking it twice, he's gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're away. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. With little tin horns, little toy drums, rooty toot toots and rum-a-tum-tums, Santa Claus is coming to town. The kids and girls in Boyland will have a jubilee. They're gonna build a toyland town all around the Christmas tree. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. So be good for goodness sake. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming. You mean the big fat man with the long white beard? He's coming to town.